Welcome to episode 13, All Hail the Vampire Queen, that kind of rhymes, a story mode, a video game podcast brought to you by Fan Cripple. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and this morning I'm joined by Keelan Simpson. Hi, Jesse, who's the Vampire Queen? Uh, Marceline from Adventure Time. Mm. <laughs> Simon Evans. Yeah, I'm totally. Th- yeah, Marceline is yeah, <laughs> sure. 100%. <laughs> I'm down for that. And our special guests, Laura McLean and Josh Cotter. What up? Hi. What up? How y'all doing? All right. All right. All right. Hanging in there. Guys, like, okay. COVID-19, get out of here. I'm done talking about you. You're garbage. Okay, you yesterday's news. This has been a good week for games, especially PlayStation fans like myself. I'm very, very happy this week with the gaming news we've got. And pretty, yeah, it's been jam-packed. So let's just get right into it. Let's kick it off. Or <laughs> kick flip it off. Oh, oh. that's funny. Tony Hawk, <laughs> one and two remasters are coming out. We've wanted these for a trillion years, and they are coming uh, later on this year to Xbox, PC, and PS4. Now, Lauren and Josh, I'm kind of going to let you guys run with this because I feel like you have very strong opinions on this game. Good opinions. Always good. Always, Always good. good. Kick flipping that, in our hearts. Hey, how, how are you <laughs> feeling about what we saw? So we got like a few minutes of gameplay footage um it's a full remaster this one by the guys at uh by the team at vicarious visions they're the ones who did the insane trilogy the crash bandicoot so they know how to sort of like reignite that fire in your heart for old games that we love Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. they got given the old sort of control code from um who made the old one it was never source code from never soft yeah yep they got that and they were just like Here's the controls. So it's got a control very similar to what we all know and love. And well, they're just that's, like, that's what's so interesting. Uh, yeah, that's what's so interesting. So they got the source code from Neversoft, from Activision. Um, they've been nailing this one out uh, for the, what the last two years now. Got to be since Vicarious since Vicarious released um, Insane Trilogy Insane, on yeah. what Xbox Switch and Xbox on Switch everything. and PC. Yeah, really. Before they made the jump from PS4. Um, yes, yeah, so they've had a good amount of time to work on this. It was actually really interesting watching the announcement at the summer, what is it? The summer games events Jam thrown by Jeff Keighley. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like, I like this thing. Yeah. Summer game fest. Yeah. Way to kick off the summer. Feel good hit at yeah. the summer. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. It's pretty cold outside though. Yeah. <laughs> for, for us, yeah. But they've warmed our hearts. They've warmed <laughs> our hearts. It's, I'll forever be on Venice Beach in my heart. Um well, but they've kind of, uh, they've been big fans of the series, even working on like the GBA versions back in the day. They do the GBA ports. Um, so yeah, they kind of have a good feel for where the, what the series is. And they actually approached Tony Hawk with like a version of it and was like, yo, like we don't have the license to this anymore, but like, we're really passionate. We did this with Crash. Like, we think you dig this. And he was like, hard no after like, Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater, Pro Skater 5, 5 and yeah. HD Ooh. and Ride and Shred. <laughs> um, <laughs> but kind of having this was just like, seeing seeing it there, he was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, these people get it. Not <laughs> mutilating my games, please. <laughs> well, with Pro Skater 5, I mean, the controls were janky as hell and it was broken. But just seeing this one, it is just 
the old game but looking better. Well, like mm. Pro Skater Five the old resembled, game was amazing. yeah, Pro Skater Five resembled a Tony Hawk game on paper, but then with things like you, you hit the triangle button or whatever, and you'd like slam onto the surface below you, kind of thing. It wasn't <laughs> like a grind button; it was like a. Let's, it was more like a Jesse <laughs> Munro Pro Skater sort of game. Yeah, Jesse Munro like, Pro you Skater. You jump on the board. Oh, you're, you're already on the ground. Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> now, <laughs> Tony Hawk is one of those people, sorry, who constantly seems like, does he need the money or not? Because <laughs> he seems like, surely you're still rich. I feel surely like he rides still yeah. the bus. 900s. I feel like he does ride the bus, though, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like he, he buys them to take coins, his skateboard with him bucks. and... <laughs> Have like random interactions with people. Kill <laughs> what are you saying, sorry? I'm pretty sure that he just wants people to recognize him again. Yeah. That's it. Just so he can talk about it on Twitter. Yeah. Ah, oh, you're like Tony Hawk. So like he's an enigma, that man, because he's constantly in a state of being recognizable, not being recognizable, being rich, but a little bit poor. He's an amazing man. Now, actually, that brings me to a point. All these skaters are old now. They're oh, all old so men, old. and some of them yeah. getting a little bit rough. Bear Margera, if you're out there, we hope you're okay. Yeah. Um, because he, we're well, your I mean, friends. He used to punch himself uh, in the face on the on the character select screen in Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four, uh, and I used I remember being like a seven year old, probably not even seven, maybe like ten. I don't know how old I was, but like watching that and just being like, this dude is he's not all right. <laughs> he's, not, he's not all right. And he, he's been going he through some shit lately. But I know a bunch of um, the pro skaters from the old games have come back in to get rescanned. And stuff like that. And a lot of them are really, really pumped for this because... Give me my Rodney Mullen. Um, like, yeah, I mean, it's introduced us to a world of skaters. Like, a bunch of people who don't know skating, you know, personalities got to know them through Pro Skater. And it yeah. definitely helped a lot of their careers. Um, for sure. So I'm like, did they all come in? Are we going to have old and young versions of them? I want to play as old Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine they'd and have like, skins. Yeah. He skates for a while, but then he needs to walk for a little bit and sit down. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what I'd like to see in this one. Crash and Spyro. I think <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. We're getting secret levels confirmed, so we'll get secret characters. And they, they have the character models already. They have the asset for- Yeah, man. Um, Spyro's, been, Crash. Spyro's been skating since 1999, whatever. This is true. Like, this is true. Yeah. I don't think uh, we're going to get like, you know, the, like the Darth Vader and, and the Boba Fett. No, survival. I think no. it's too difficult now. Yeah. But actually, speaking of licensing, one of the biggest things from- um, the Tony Hawk franchise is the soundtrack. And I think this is one of the reasons it's taken so long mm. to um, actually release a remaster. 100%. Music licensing is a bit of a bitch. <laughs> yep. Um, so the good thing is we're getting most of the bangers from the original soundtrack. So you're still going to have, you know, Superman, you're going to have Gorilla Radio, you're going to have... I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot lately and that Power Man 5000 song is... Oh, oh mate. Gets Get the blood pumping. Um... But a few, I mean, a few songs won't make it, so we're not going to get like Psycho Vision by Suicidal Tendencies. Um, and the one that really hurts is No Bring the Noise. Aww. Yes. Like, um, what the hell? Like Anthrax and Chuck D. I think Anthrax would be f- fine with it, but yeah. Light, We've music, all got Google Homes. It's all right. We can just oh, yeah, yeah. mute the, the TV. Just <laughs> you can't stop me, you know? <laughs> but like, sad, the but- crazy thing is, like, sorry, this is their second time doing kind of a re release of. Pro Skater 1 and 2, because mm. we had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD in 2012, yep. I think it was. Yep. And that oh, yeah. that even had, like, Anthrax. Like, it's yeah. interesting how, like, some contracts have changed and some have, cha- like, stayed the same. Because we're getting some yeah. songs here that we didn't get back then, and then there's other ones like that. We're just... Music the licensing rug. is the worst. It is the absolute oh, worst. It's, it's, it's and hell. 
I think we actually just need to appreciate the fact that we're getting a fair chunk of the soundtrack as like, is in the year 2020. Yeah. Like it's incredible Not so that weird, that's happening. Free instrumental uh, punk punk music in the background <laughs> that you don't have to pay for. As long as I can hear um, Superman, you, I mean, you can't spell skate without scar. I'll be happy. <laughs> and I mean, that game, like it did with skaters, like you know, everyone knows the, the personalities, like actual skaters now. It did the same with a lot of these bands. So I remember, I, I imagine back in the day, um, they would have been like, hey, guys, can we use your song? Here's 50 bucks. And they're like, yes, we get to eat today. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the other dude's like, yeah, here. Well, there's like balls. Southern Californian punk bands that were <laughs> like working yeah. at drive throughs and whatnot, getting their uh, cassette tapes picked up. Um, another sure really that. cool feature that um, is coming out is the online multiplayer. Now, they had that with the HD version didn't they yeah there was a form of multiplayer it's but the it one garbage. it's one of the only trophies i haven't popped yet yeah god you damn it online dies, <laughs> dies yeah. so quickly but now that on multi like online multiplayer is a thing that works uh this is gonna be rad playing like like uh trick well, like, stuff against people yeah. online you can make your own levels and stuff like that as you could in the old ones but you can upload them online people can download them so i imagine a lot of real world skate parks will get made well, like, mm, I, definitely. The, one of the crazy things is, is um, I remember Pro Skater 3 on PS2 being, like, one of the first, like, console online games where you could run around with another person. And that, like, getting that box and it having, like, the online play enabled kind of banner, I was like, oh, man, I want to skate with my homies. <laughs> <laughs> what I think would be a cool little thing as well would be just sort of like a, a free play mode with online capabilities and make mm. it feel like an actual sort of living, breathing skate park. But just have, yeah. you know... Mm. People so, like, there'll be, like, people on lines. scooters and rollerblades and you just, like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Like, like have, yeah. have some Pick NPCs do that. And you just, like, that would be pretty cool, actually. And, and you drug deal in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, you know what? I just, I've just imagined talk about that, that mode. If somebody has, like... There's, like, a stereo next to somebody and they're actually playing the songs out of it so they're close to the art world. That would be a really cool feature. I think that would be awesome. Um, one Guys. last interesting tidbit, though, was just that um, similar to, uh, I think they got a lot of feedback from the Insane Trilogy with people saying they kind of messed with the physics and stuff. Um, in the case of this, they've um, decided on like what is pretty much universally the best controlling Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game, which is like they've taken Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4's controls and physics and all the tricks they introduced with that, like reverts and stuff. Cool, uh, that's what I was going to ask you about, Josh. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> so they've like they've got all Super the features yeah. up to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 put in this game because that's like the pinnacle. That is when they nailed it, you know? I agree. So let's say then you mentioned before, Jesse, that it was a remaster. I don't know. I don't think it is really because it's a, you're remaking Tony Hawk's 1 yeah, and 2 it's, in completely new at, framework. Like, all the articles yeah, nah. and all that just say remaster straight up. And it's like, yeah, it's not really, though. It's like a remake. No. Like, they yeah. Just yeah. Make yeah. It I think, I think it's a, that's a fair um, way to put that. Even if the levels are designed the exact same way they were in 1 and 2, because you have reverts um, and a whole bunch of other oh, yeah. different things, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to, to go across them in Crush a completely different scores. manner. Yeah, absolutely yeah. massive scores. Mm. I love the mentality they're taking into it. They want people's old muscle memory to kick in so you can still ride the same lines that you did as a kid. Mm. That's mm. cool. Like, that's the how one for one they want to go with the old levels. And there, there is just something really heartwarming about that. Of just yeah. sitting down and just feeling like, you know, 
Akira I, can't skate, but wants am I the to only skate. person who's excited about split screen horse in split oh, screen? Oh no, guys, <laughs> it's gonna be great in this house. I'm so the fact that in the last two podcasts we've been able to mention split screen multiplayer for Dirt Five and now this makes me think that maybe it's coming back because it went Are away we going for back so in time? long. And now that we can't actually sit next to another person, it's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Whenever I think of Tony Hawk, though, sort of a lot of the Tony Hawk games I played when I was younger sort of melt into one massive Tony Hawk game, which is the one where you drive a car at the start. Underground. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's underground. Mm. That haunts me. <laughs> That's the one where you drive around the city and then you've got to go into the water at the end, yeah. right? Because it's on fire. That was so yeah, right. See, bad. underground, underground for me was great. It was like it was so innovative because you got to get off your fucking board. Like <laughs> that was amazing. Because in four, you'd fall off and you get back on, and I'd be like, I just need to like go walking pace around this corner. This just like I've got to line this up so perfectly, <laughs> and you're just like leaning back and forth on your board like a snake, like yeah. <laughs> just wiggling back and forth. But then Underground was also awful because you could never fail. I feel like they tweaked some sort of, they, they tweaked some sort of, I don't know, just. Well, could you imagine you'd go failing doing air. a McTwist over a helicopter? It would not look pretty. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's Eric Sparrow's trick, right? Isn't it? Did he make that one Eric up? Sparrow. I really hate Eric Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a dick. He stole our glory. I hate him. We were um, talking about it before the show. Like, so Hawk, Sparrow. I get it. They're sort of opposite of each other in a, in a weird bird math sort of way. But I don't know how, but Eric is the opposite of Tony as a name. <laughs> there is no logic behind but that. There's, there's I Anthony, this. but there's no extended Eric. So Anthony's his father. Oh, <laughs> Anthony Hawk. Anthony Hawk. <laughs> Dr. Anthony Hawk. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, uh, the thing about Underground that bugged me the most is that you just couldn't fail. Like, I remember uh, going up and then just, like, doing all these insane tricks in the air and then just landing at an angle that would not be physically possible and still landing it. I remember yeah. being, like, well, I don't even know. I just said before I have no idea how old I am, but, like, 11 maybe <laughs> and playing Underground and just, like, even sitting there on the couch being like, this isn't right. Like, the, yeah. this isn't right at all. Well, they definitely they definitely made it as approachable as possible. They, they definitely got to did. those games. Yeah. yeah. Fix it under So I think they've hit the perfect sweet spot right before that. Mm-hmm. Or it's as Do approachable you, as possible, but, you know, is exactly That literally was the next step, wasn't it? For then underground. Yeah, I think yeah? so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, you guys, do you guys think that they will bring some, like, Skate 3 inspiration in us all? Do you reckon there'll be some of the quality of life things that Skate 3 brought in? Examples? Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, you could hop off your board at any point and, you know, walk walk around, but then you just sort of summon your board like a Jedi no. to your hand. <laughs> that was really no. cool. Um, <laughs> and then there was also, like, a mode, I think it was called Hall of Meat or something like that, and I thought that was really funny because you basically, you could do a trick, and if you failed the trick, you would see which bones you would have broken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a few challenges floating around on YouTube of people trying to break every single bone. Wasn't that like yes. where it showed you like the hospital bill as well? Yeah. Or? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I, I think, I but think American something like hospital that. bills, not, not yeah, Australian hospital bills. <laughs> but I mean, I, I feel like. dollars for a broken wrist. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like something like that, though, would be really fun. Like, I mean, as yeah. you said, sort of being able to get off your board. Would be would be nice, but imagine like you know you you hop off your board and then for whatever reason like you one thing you could do in um, Skate Three is you could throw your board forward, 
And so, again, there's, there's plenty of people on YouTube who are, like, throwing their board like a lightsaber at people, like, at just civilians <laughs> tripping them up and like, whacking people in the head. And it's just hilarious. And I think that sort of, just a minor quality of life thing has so much potential, like, so much mm. creative potential. Whatever extra feature you can I feel like that would be a nice little there. addition. Yeah. I wonder if EA's been sitting there like on, on a Skate 4 trailer I'm like, oh, they're going to love this when we drop this Skate 4 trailer. People have yeah. been waiting for it. There's no other Skate games. Hey, we have Skate <laughs> XL and Skate Bird, but they're a little bit different. People want Skate 4, and they're, now they're just like, we waited too well, long on that one, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Didn't they, yeah, Whoops. they just announced it was at Skate XL like yep, two weeks Skate ago, XL, right? I think it just came out. Um, I did it? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Bring more Skate games. I'm happy with it. Oh um, yeah, for sure. But like, I think I've it, already forgotten about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important though that like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater kind of sticks to this classic roots of just like tight arcade gameplay instead of introducing getting off the board and throwing your board and stuff. I feel like that's that's a niche that skate can have all to itself because I don't want it. That's I don't right. want that trash. Yep. You yep, want to take your enough. content creators and put them over there? <laughs> I'll be carving up some sick lines. I just want to make my own skater. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm I'm so sick of all the other character creation bullshit in other games. I want to make a skater that I want. It's the only way you can actually express yourself. <laughs> it's the only way I can express myself with my yeah, purple hair that me, I can't but have. Like a cool me. Yeah, yeah right. Like like hair. a version of me that I want to be out in public. Yeah. Like not not the real me. That like likes to Animal Crossing stuff. gets close, but you know I really need that Tony Hawk's Pro I Skate. That, I need the, the badass look because I can get oh it in God, Animal Crossing. I want, a, I want an Animal Crossing little skate. I'm gonna make a skate park in Animal Crossing. It's <laughs> All right, so moving on. I mean, we all know that Tiny Hawk, the the new version of Tiny Hawk is going to be absolutely unreal. Speaking of unreal. Unreal uh, was a good save. I've got to, got to give you that. Was that oh good? God. That was that was good. I think that was that was something. Fine. <laughs> now last week we got to watch a uh, a trailer, some gameplay, I guess, of the Unreal Engine 5. Um Epic Games put together a little video, put it out to the people. Um, and it shows a, a woman going through some canyons, looking at some treasures and some statues, and then flying into a portal because, you know, sure. It's like it's like Pokemon Snap, but Unreal version. <laughs> it reminded me of... How many Unreal jokes can we make in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, to be honest, when you look at the uh, some of the graphics, maybe they should call it the real engine because uh, it looks really <laughs> good. God, I wasn't proud of that. Oh, no. Um, now, this has got me really hyped for next gen. More than anything else, actually seeing something and seeing it being playable, this was going to be playable at GDC. They were going to have people actually playing it. That's why the prompts come up, prompts come up on screen. That blows my mind. Now, Keelan, I know you've got some thoughts on this. What did you think of it? I think this is fantastic technology. It looks incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, they focused on two major components of Unreal Engine 5. I just want to stress to you guys now at the outset of this here, this is about Unreal Engine 5 and not necessarily about what next generation console's graphical capabilities will look like. It's about the features of Unreal Engine 5, specifically two things, lighting and their scaling system that they have now. Mm. Um, lighting just, sorry, in the form- So just with that in mind though, I did go back and watch the Unreal Engine 4 trailer. So you have mm. this, it came out in like 2013, has a big fire demon. Games, games hit that point, 100%, and then surpassed it. 
So while this isn't going to be like one for one with what we see at, on PS5 and Xbox Series X when they first launch, I think it is a bit of a reasonable goal that we a, 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 a benchmark. Word, yeah, yeah. I want to I point something we'll, out. We'll hit this on on that note that you mentioned there, Jesse. There were two trailers that were released for Unreal Engine Four. There were two demos, more or less. There was the one with the fire demon lord thing. I absolutely think games hit that point. But there was another one called the Infiltrator demo, which came out in 2013, I think. And it still is jaw-droppingly gorgeous to this day. It's absolutely insane what they did there. And games are not running on that level in real time right now. So I don't really know whether that will be accurate, whether this is the Fire Demon of um, Unreal 5 or it's the Infiltrator of Unreal 5, if that makes sense at all. But... In any case, just to go back to what it was about, it's about lighting and it's about scaling. Uh, two different technologies. Their lighting system is called Lumen, I believe, and their scaling system is called Nanite. Basically, it makes things look really pretty and it makes them run better than they would otherwise. That's the basic premise of this all. Um, and I what think it was really idea. great. What a bold idea when they were coming up with stuff for Unreal Engine 5. Like, oh, okay, what should we make this engine do? What should we make all these, like, parts of it do? Let's make the games look prettier. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Let's do it. Give Genius. this man a raise. <laughs> it, does, it, it, it does make it prettier, but more importantly, um, I think it, it influences a few key things that are sort of, like, behind the scenes. It makes things run better in the background, and it makes um, game developers' workflow easier. So I think that's the mm -hmm. main focus of this. Rather than looking at the graphics, rather than looking at the animation or anything like that, it's the technology that's behind it. That's what that trailer was selling. It's selling the potential future for what things may potentially look like um, moving forward with the new consoles. With, with that in mind, talking about like the developer workflow, um, one of the biggest things I took away from that is the fact that you can just import the assets just straight. And it's like you don't cinematic have to... um, assets. Yeah. Yes. Movie grade. Which is... which is blowing my mind. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Unreal Engine was used in... I found this out. The Mandalorian used the Unreal Engine. Yep. So they yeah. can basically get those assets, bring them over. I don't know if you... That sort of you, concept. If you know much about how they did that in The Mandalorian as well, but it's absolutely insane. They had, like, a set made of LED screens and they just yeah. projected the game engine onto the screens and filmed that straight up. It's oh, amazing. Oh, I think there's actually a, um, awesome. a documentary on how The Mandalorian was made. I think, I think that Plus. is... Yeah, that is a thing that's um, coming. Disney Plus, if you want to send us money for that free plug, you know, that plug. <laughs> nothing Disney free. can use all the help Disney, they can get You know right that. Give, give me send a subscription, please. Um... <laughs> But yeah, like that was that was my biggest, I guess, thing that I took from that is that for so far as developers are concerned, they don't have to try and map and change the assets that they create in like any CAD software. They can just literally one to one import just straight in, and that's I think huge. To give you perspective of uh, what has to happen, you. As a, as a developer, if you make like a 3D model, you have to do different levels of detail for, for that model. Mm. So you need to have a level of detail for the model when it's far away from the camera, um, one for when it's close to the camera, and maybe one even for cutscenes. That's a lot of work to do all that stuff. You don't have to do that anymore at all. You don't need to spend hours and hours and hours cutting down parts of the model to lower the polygon count so that it fits within your, uh, your budget. You can well, just not put even the model that. straight up. We're having mm. lots of conversations about like Modern Warfare taking up 
or, you know, Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone or whatever, taking up over 200 gigs on your hard drive, whatever. How much do you, like, how much of that space do you think is taken up by, like, duplicates of the same gun, taken from different angles and stuff, like... Just oh, with man. the power of the SSD, having really all that point. data so much closer by and, like, you know, easy to hook into that power, I think we're going to save a lot of space in our hard drives as well. Yeah. So, I think, it, yeah, so. so much of this is just, like, back-end stuff. And while mm. we can look at this and think it looks pretty, I think the developers are the ones who are really going to get excited. And, I mean, like, Unreal Engine... Like, Unreal has always been known for its scalability. Yeah. And, you know, being able mm-hmm. to... Have it on, you know, 360 PS3 PC, have it run, have it look decent, have those browns just as brown as you want them to be. But um, they ran into a lot of trouble last gen with how uh, different Unreal 4, you know, was to program 4 compared to 3 and being able to bring those assets from Unreal Engine 3 to Unreal 4. But now they're talking about that's not even a thing. Like they heard the outcry and now they're just, Mm. it's so much more simple just to scale into it. And optimize a, for specific platforms. They have an import process now between four and five or something, don't they? They're planning yeah. on implementing one anyway. That's such cool. an kind of cool. yeah, interesting pipeline. Um, I love then, how like your more te- like the more technical minded people are looking into it. I just watch them like, fuck, that's a lot of triangles, man. Well, the, I was <laughs> actually like just gonna triangles. I was just gonna bring that up. Was like so glad I'm not the only one that just sits here and goes, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah, like it looks nice. <laughs> it's Lighting a statue. is good. The sounds uh, very good. I, I don't like her Alita Battle up. Angel looking character, but you know. Mm, yeah, that was. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, I was actually just going to bring up the triangles because you mentioned polygons a few like a moment ago, and I was thinking, well, polygons are gone. It's out with the polygons, in with the triangles, apparently. What will be a- the next shape? I want Pyramid the PS6. Yeah. They're going to be talking about dodecahedrons, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> real confused. Double do- dodecahedrons, or get the fuck out. No, I really like. Um, I think this is good. I. I I mean, like Keelan clarified at the start, this isn't a direct um, sort of reflection of what we'll be expecting for PS5. But I mean, the fact that it was going to be playable and the fact that it does make things easier for developers means that maybe it is, if, even if we don't hit it, it's something we can get closer to than with previous iterations of Unreal Engine. Um, hopefully. I certainly I hope right. so. Mm. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of controversy online. Uh about the fact that that video, that demo, ran at 1440p resolution at 30 frames per second. So people yeah. have been, uh, they've been kicking up a fuss about that for no Is reason kicking, whatsoever. Yeah, I was say it's kicking up a fuss for the sake of kicking up a fuss because yeah. you look yep. at that. I'm like, this looks gorgeous. It's running fine. Oh, it's not running at not right optimum frame. It doesn't matter because <laughs> when you actually look at it, like the product you're getting, the, what your eyes are receiving, it looks good. It looks good. And that's yep. all that should matter. That, exactly. That is all that matters. It's like mm. eating a meal and saying, oh, this tastes amazing and it's filled me up. It's exactly what I wanted, but you didn't use the ingredients that I prefer in it. It's like, but you are happy. Like what, you, what you've got has done the job. It looks good. It tastes good in that case. I just think it just, it's complaining for the sake of complaining because bitching on the internet gives you some sort of credit nowadays. God, yeah. I, sound like an, I sound like such an old man just then. You're always going to have people who do that with new technology, especially with consoles. There's a lot of people who are, are uh, PC gamers who are very insecure about the fact that uh, the new consoles have technology that's not mm-hmm. available on, on the PC space yet. 
So um, they're kicking up a lot of fuss about that. They're like, well, uh, 60 frames a second. Yeah, 60 frames per second is really, really nice. But that if you are looking at that as a qualifier for this video, you are missing the point of what they're yep. trying to put, yep. put out. Yeah. It's about 100%. the technology, guys. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I think another thing that this shows off is um, the, the 40 audio that they've mentioned in the past. I mean, the Sony press conference that they had a few months ago, which this is absolutely day and night with. That was just techno jargon that went on for way too long. This was pretty short. Well, they were meant to be shown in the same week. Yeah. This would have been that visual explanation for all the Sony talk. <laughs> you know? The actual um, demo of the the 40 audio in, in effect. So you see some rocks or you hear some rocks fall down in a crevasse and you can hear them bouncing off different surfaces and it just sounded good. There were just little things in this and like, okay, that works really goddamn well. Um, especially the whole thing how they can focus, they can have like a point of focus on the screen. So in this case, it was the, there's like a stone statue and they just pump all the triangles into it. <laughs> That looked really damn good. And then they have a room with like a trillion... Yeah, with like 500 statues. Trillion, trillion triangles. Were there any parts of this you guys didn't like? Yes. Oh, the character model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very epic. It was, it was very so much like, epic. okay, this is, for, this, is, this is a Fortnite character in a really cool world. This is a Fortnite character in an Uncharted game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Literally. Uh, I also, I didn't like some of the animation. Got to put it out there. I also I didn't like the water. I thought the yes. water looked way too much like a mirror. It's just I'll a mirror. That. I was like, what? What is that? That Ray tracing that's not tech, real man. water. But that wasn't real water. That was hmm. like water mixed with an oil spill and like someone's broken up a bit of a mirror and put it in there as well. <laughs> what weird. In games, I didn't like even it. That trailer had a certain thickness to it. It looked like it had mm. a bit of gelatin mixed into it. Yeah, because yeah. it was very solid. A scoop of Jack and Daxter. Anyway. <laughs> it was some dark eco um yeah that that stood out for me a little bit and yeah the character model i i would be keen to see what they're going with the character model because they haven't gone for realism but i've got a feeling they didn't want to go too realistic with their character because they weren't creating a character that you would ever see again i think just to hold off expectations of like oh is this a game will we see this like, i mean i think we no. all know that this won't be a game however this isn't just for us, remember. This is for, you know, your, you know, people who aren't into games as much as we are, but they see it and like, oh, cool. This is a trailer. People people have already thought that. This is a trailer. This is a character we're going to see soon. Maybe it is just kind of like easing up expectations. Like, this isn't a game. This isn't a new character. This is just something in the world. It doesn't really matter. She doesn't matter in this. We're showing off the lighting. We're showing off this. We're showing off that. Um, it's a tech guess, demo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I'm not too fussed about the character at all. But but going back to, to I guess, sort of the character models in general. Now, um, as I sort of mentioned in, in our little group chat earlier, um, Jim Sterling raised a point where I feel like we are approaching a point where we're starting to see diminishing returns on improvement to character models. I think we, we've hit a very good point now. And what's going to happen is environments and lighting and textures are going to start exceeding the quality of a mm, lot of character models. Yeah. I um, just don't like know if, all, if um, sorry, if Epic has actually reached that for character animations yet, because they're still I, they're good and they're attractive. They're just simple. Yeah, yeah they've well, got their, they've got and, and a, that's a, style, thing, like, a real style. Yeah, look, I think I think yeah. Give, given the, the 
point of this tech demo. Absolutely not a problem. I think it was fine. Um, but also, like you can you can see it in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You can you can see the like it's starting to reach that diminishing return point. Um, I, I feel like the environments for Valhalla look incredible, and like there's a lot more going on, and the character models no longer are going like wow look at that dude. that dude looks like he's actually real and could punch me in the face comparative to the rest of the environment there is one thing in character models i want them to fix this is all hair that's all how oh, often do you man. see the character's face who gives a shit <laughs> you always see yeah. their hair though fix the hair i'll be fine mm-hmm. now um mm-hmm. nvidia does have uh technology to kind of make hair better uh hair works but it costs so much it's so expensive and mm-hmm. also yeah. i remember playing particularly like convincing the tomb raider reboot was yes. really flaunting that and playing that with the hair physics on at like 22 frames per second was like oh man i'm playing the future here look at every strand on lara's <laughs> yeah. head okay. but even- same thing with the witcher hats? 3 yeah. wear a hat have your character wear a hat cool have your character um, be bald all right problem solved done but no but even oh. even with like because uh, i i was starting the tomb raider reboot not too long ago and you know my computer could handle the super stylish hair at you know a pretty decent frame rate i think it was like 55 frames per second even still it didn't work it was quite jarring and like there were frame drops around the hair mm-hmm. yeah specifically it was really weird like some of the animation would just like have a mo- like have to take a moment to catch up with itself it was really really bizarre yeah hair will probably so be one of the hardest things people will ever have to do in 3d graphics you you, you oh, can watch definitely. proper videos uh, proper movies yeah. and stuff where they have uh cgi characters and they're still not 100 percent right it's the movement of the hair it looks realistic in still shots but then the moment it moves it kind of falls apart anyway the point that i'm trying to get to here is that <laughs> there's a massive gap between where we are right now in video game character models and what people want it to be so cgi yeah character models is i'd say there's only one digital human being that is completely um believable at this point in time and that's you guys have seen blade runner 2049 rachel no Um, i haven't completely cg character um and you could not pick it looks straight out of 1984 like this looks like the same person games are doing something smart and i'm noticing a more stylized approach with a lot of like the art styles and stuff like that aren't going for ultra realism anymore. They're doing, you know, more your Fortnite, your Overwatch, uh, which yeah. ages better. I, I think yeah. that's a really cool idea. And also, mm-hmm. speaking of Fortnite, this Fortnite is going to be one of the first games to launch with Unreal Engine 5. When the PS5 and Xbox come out, the Xbox Series X, sorry, come out, it's going to have Fortnite on it, running it on Unreal Engine 5. Well, I, I, don't think, I don't think we're getting Unreal 5 this year. We're getting Fortnite on next gen as a like next gen launch be, title. Running on UE. No, um, we'll, we'll be getting oh, right. UE5 Fortnite around the middle of next year. Yep. Oh. Even then. Very, yeah. very interested to see what they Very interesting seeing what they can um, do with that. But, um, again, just sort of going back one, like another couple of steps. Um, I didn't like the, the animation for her walking immediately after she climbs up the cliff. And they're talking about the technology they've put in place to make walking animations look better. And then it just looks dreadful. It look she she the way she's walking. It's like she's done something to her leg, Maybe and she's she walking with a bit of a bum That's leg realism. or something. That's realism. <laughs> That's Unreal Engine Five. You walk up a wall. Hey, 
If I climb a wall, I'm limping. That fucking hurts, man. <laughs> but I'm I'm saying like for 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 the technology that they're, they're literally talking about at that point in time, that animation did not impress me. I need to go back and look at that because I've watched it a few times and nothing really stood out to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go back it, to that moment and really check it out. I, I think it looked like it shortly to afterwards. Me. I feel like she she was walking funny. Basically, she looked like she she had a. Like she, she walks normally, like really, really well right at the start. Um, you know, she sort of jumps the gap and blah blah blah, and then she climbs up the wall. And then it's just as she's walking from the top of that cliff, like where she climbs up into the doorway. She, the way she's walking during that little phase is weird, and I don't like it. I can't. It makes me uncomfortable. It, it, it does a little bit. Like it's, it's weird, and I can't quite tell exactly what it is. But I feel like there's something. Yeah, crab legs. Crab legs. <laughs> That's it. Just massive crab. Uh, how much did Nintendo pay you to say this? Um, <laughs> about three fifty. <laughs> Tell us about those Breath of the Wild legs, though. Damn. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, let's go jump into our uh, last topic, and I have um, I've been trying to think of a good segue for this, and I've I've got none. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima, though, or as I've been calling it all morning, Ghost of Tsushima. I know I'm not meant to clap in this podcast, but I needed it for the musical purposes. We had actual fucking gameplay shown to us this week. You know, gameplay, Microsoft? God, I'm so salty about that still. So, yeah, Sony showed off <laughs> a uh, state of play. Uh, we haven't had a state of play in months, and we got 18 minutes of gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, the new game coming out from Sucker Punch, set in feudal Japan. Um, as soon as this started up, and I saw a HUD, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm so I'm so happy about this." Now, <laughs> we were actually meant to have a lot more information on this game by now, but because of COVID, um, things got delayed. IGN was going to have an IGN first in March, I believe, on Ghost of Tsushima, so they like, run like a whole month of info dropping. Yeah, they just dropped it uh, last week, and people are. Okay, everyone I've spoken to so far is really pumped, but we have a few, have a bit of a split in the mm. old story mode office that doesn't exist. <laughs> I am really excited for it. Now, we're going to go through sort of each part of the game, but I just want your broad sort of view. I want to go through one by one. So, Simon, what, what were your overall thoughts on, on this? Where, um, where you, where's it leaving you? I am actually really excited because I had... Other than literally hearing the name, I had not seen anything about Goats of Tsushima. And that trailer and the gameplay made me go, ooh, this looks awesome. I am. Exact same boat. After Days Gone, I was salty on the first parties. I'm like, I I feel like this is going to be dwarfed by Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk and stuff like that. Not, not, I'm very whatever about it. Uh, After this trailer, though. I love the setting as well. Like, ah, oh, it looks great. Now, Keelan, you're not feeling the same. This looks so derivative and generic and boring. I've got no interest in this whatsoever. It's also gimmicky um, and uh, uneven visually and just, nah, don't see the appeal. Oh, jeez. Harsh words. Scathing. Go play Doom. God damn it. <laughs> I, I would now that to. it's in your kernel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what did you think? 
Um, I was impressed by it. I think um, there is a little bit of disappointment that comes with seeing an extended gameplay demo for any game. It's no longer, it no longer exists in your dreams and imagination. There are like finite caps on how pretty this game can look and the systems it's going to employ. So while I do understand exactly what Keelan is describing, um, as me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of open world games, um, but uh, I I don't really understand the hate this one is getting, (laughs) this is getting. Um, like I don't understand why this seems so derivative and generic um, when we praise. Sorry. It's apathy, not hate. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Then. <laughs> Ap- apathy is a good term for it. And I definitely understand that. Because, like, yeah, now that we have seen extended gameplay, it does look a lot like an Assassin's Creed title. Um, but what I was actually most impressed by from the gameplay was, like, the length of the side missions and the kind of variety and how it took us from the rolling hills over to the, like, you know, the seaside and, like, infiltrating that boat and the steps you had to take um, as a ghost to kind of, like, avoid, you know, conflict. Um, I think that's a really interesting concept. And I think this is the first open world game I've seen since Red Dead 2 to really take on some of the lessons that game taught. Yep. Of, like, contextual storytelling and um, kind of, you know, guiding you towards objectives and stuff it feels like a very uh detailed world and one that i want to be want to what exist about, in what about you lauren what do you think of this one uh on the contrary i love me some open world games um but i did uh, i don't know i did kind of because i was the same where I, I didn't really have much of opinion of this game other than seeing it what was it e3 a couple years back yeah last yeah. we saw it yeah last yeah that one um but yeah, watching this watching this little game tra- a gameplay trailer, uh, it was. I just kind of saw it as just another open world game. Like you can show whatever you want in your trailer to make it look like it's in it's in, it's got um, bit of flavor, a bit, a bit of, of yeah, a bit of flavored flavor. text to it. I guess that like other games don't have. Like when Josh mentioned the side missions, like you know you could put together any Far Cry trailer with a with a specific side mission. Yeah, that makes it look like innovative and just like next generation kind of like storytelling, but they're all the same. Like every second side quest might just be that exact same Burning kind of down a thing. That boat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just like you know, going in, finding some treasure underneath some little little puzzles. You know, you got to shoot shoot an arrow through a torch to light a fire. <laughs> I'm really stuck on that example from previous I mean, podcasts that I've been on. If um, the game comes out and it is like that, then yeah, that mm. sucks. But yeah. just based on what we've seen, I mean, I think it's just an example of what could be the mission. Or like, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, totally get it. I'm just very sceptical of, of uh, stuff like this because... Um, You've been burned by the Far Cry. I've been burned, <laughs> I've been burned many, many times. Um, no, I just, I just love open world games just because I can go around and explore the world on my own pace and, and, and just kind of live in the world as it is. And, like, I'm fine with that. I'm just... I just, I guess, I'm not that person that when they watch open world games and they nitpick every single, every single tiny little thing, like, you know, you can play it in black and white. It's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm so excited. Yeah. About that. I think that looks right. awesome. But let's uh, go yeah. through the steps of kind of what the video followed. Um, let's start with exploration. So we see um, our samurai Jin traversing the island of Tsushima. Uh, he can ride on a horse. He can run around. You can use a guiding wind. 
to to guide you to your next uh, location, your next mission. I really like that. I I am so over games that are like you know we we'll create this beautiful historically accurate depiction of of this place, and here's a massive fucking light beam coming down from space to show you where to go. <laughs> sort of breaks the immersion a little bit. So I like the guiding win. It's very yeah. Very, I, 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 I like, like it from a touch. narrative and I guess sort of. Um, immersion point of view i think mm-hmm. that that is a really nice feature and as someone who loves breath of the wild i thought being able to pull up the the sheikah slate and put a big fucking glowing light from cover, space from <laughs> the complete space. opposite of what we're talking about <laughs> but i was like ah like i it it makes sense in breath of the wild because oh it's the sheikah slate therefore yeah you know you don't need to explain it um Whereas this, I feel like, really, really works. Like, I feel like that's really cohesive. Just before we get into there, there is a very big Breath of the Wild sort of uh, tangent I want to go on. But before that, Guiding yeah. Wind will tell you where to go for your main missions. But even better, animals will guide you to little side quests and little tricks and stuff like that. So in the trailer, we see a bird flying along and it guides you to a man. And the man's like, you know, don't go in the forest. You'll die in there. And you're just like, hey, screw you, old man. Don't tell me what to do. And you go in there and you get some treasures. You also meet a cute little fox, which I'm in love with. And it guides you to a shrine. <laughs> you can pray at the shrine. And um, I love the for. You can also pat the fox. Yes, that's the most important thing I've taken away Game from the this Done. fucking trailer. The, the Breath of the Wild connection I want to make is when we saw the Breath of the Wild trailer and it was very much like, hey, if you can see something on the horizon, you can go there. I like how there was visual clues of where you'd want to go so you saw if you saw smoke coming out of somewhere you're like i'm going to go to that smoke see what's there this does the exact same thing the opening is mm. very similar where it's, it's a scan of the horizon and you see smoke coming from different places you see some different colored areas like you know like a beautiful there's a, some of the forests in this game look stunning there's a very yellow looking forest in, in one of the um one of the shots but you know you want to go all these different places so i'm, I'm about that uh we also see some random animal encounters going back to the Far Cry connection you see a man getting attacked by a bear and you're just like eh, screw you I'm not helping you got yourself into trouble um, it's what you get for smelling like meat you shouldn't have done it you shouldn't have smelled like <laughs> oh, meat oh shit sorry I'll um, remove my bacon flavoured <laughs> shower gel immediately there was a lot of bacon flavoured shower gel in feudal Japan and I'm glad Cyberpunk <laughs> has the balls to actually show it <laughs> Um, also, just a little thing when you're exploring is the soundtrack is beautiful. I love it. Oh man, I I I don't agree with you there, Jesse. Um, there mm. are parts of the soundtrack. There were parts in the trailer where the soundtrack was phenomenal, and then there were parts in the trailer where the soundtrack was. Oh man, it's like they just ripped it from some generic blockbuster movie, and I hated it. It should have an iconic soundtrack with like themes and stuff that weave in and out, you know, based on the the weather and the the mm. mission that you're doing. Again, but, we don't know that it doesn't. Yeah, but the music that they were showing uh, we, was we real only, generic. I think we can only judge it judge it on what they gave us. I mm. think what they gave us is really good. I, there were parts I of it know. which were I agree. Yeah, I kind of agree with with Kios on this. I didn't notice it. I actually didn't pay much attention. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't normally, notice it at all. <laughs> yeah, like I normally really focus on things like soundtrack because I love it. Um, again, as a massive fucking Zelda nerd, like soundtrack means so much to me. And this just 
didn't stand out in any regard, apart from a few key moments right towards the end of the trailer. Yep. That was the only time I actually noticed the soundtrack. I think th- I think I liked it. It was quite restrained. It didn't have these massive moments in it. The the part I really liked were the restrained part when you're there's especially a part where he's walking along a uh, like wooden gantry coming out of a mountain, and just oh oh my, my little heart. Maybe it's because I love Japan so much. Aww, <laughs> Maybe weep. it's just that. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. All right, let's move on to the the meat of it though, the combat. This is something I, I'm interested to see everyone's take on. Um, so in the trailer, we saw um, Jin take on a, an outpost. Um, there's a little side quest. We have to blow up a weapons cache. You know, that. Standard. We've done that before. But we see him <laughs> take it on in two different ways. The samurai way, which is more head-on, mm-hmm. and ghost, which is more sneaking around. Um, Give me that ghost. When- like a ghost. Like a no honor. ghost of no Tsushima, honor. if you will. <laughs> wow. Um, now, the, the, my <laughs> favorite part about this is when you go in samurai mode, you can have a standoff. So if you see another... Uh, so the enemies in the game are is, uh, the Mongols. Um, and I imagine there'll be also some other enemy samurais and different enemies and stuff like that. But when you see one, you can have a standoff and the aspect ratio changes... And it becomes really cinematic. It becomes an old school samurai film. I love it so much. It has mm-hmm. this like Wild West jewel feel to it. Yeah. Um, and then you can do, I think it's almost going to be reminiscent of the, uh, what was like that bullet time in Red Dead? Uh, what was the it Dead Eye. Dead Eye. Yeah. It seems yeah. very similar to that where you can pull off some like one hit sort of kills and then go on your way. I, f- I imagine that will take up some sort of meter or something like that. Not too sure. But something that I wasn't expecting from this game is how violent and bloody it is. If you're cutting <laughs> limbs off. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. fills my heart. Mm-hmm. Another, like, just a minor thing that I really appreciate was at the end of the combat, he, like, flicks his sword oh, God, to so remove good. the blood and then puts the sword away. So I really badass. liked that. I think that's a really nice little touch. I'm going to um, get so very Jin sick of seeing way- that if I play it. <laughs> you Fair are enough. so angry. You need to drink every- either a Red Bull or some wine <laughs> or a beer. I don't know. I don't know what. Every single time <laughs> you finish a combat encounter, he does that exact same animation. Jesse, no. this is your logic with glory kills in Doom. However, we did we see him do it every Ooh. time. You can assume he will. He's got to Why clean his sword, assume? doesn't he? But also, <laughs> glory kills no, are absolutely we see him necessary, fight. right? To we see get him ammo. fight more. <laughs> Yes. You see him fight more and he doesn't do it again. I think it's only when you use your little um, your little bullet time thing. I hope there's a button I, I, I for it. I think that flick happens when it, the aspect ratio changes back. Mm, maybe. Mm. If yeah, it does it like then, if it does it like that, then I think that's really cool. I think that would be like a really nice sort of little transition. Yeah, nice little um, full stop in the moment. Yeah, but um, to... So just to go to a discussion that we were having earlier, I feel like a lot of this game makes me think of Breath of the Wild, but you guys, a couple of you guys were saying that it's more Assassin's Creed. Well, I think, yeah. um, especially when you're looking at the ghost way of playing, so as a ghost, mm-hmm. Jin, you know, skulks around in the shadows using firecrackers and stuff to distract guards and then assassinating them, like one-hit assassinations. Um, that, I mean, that's, that is Assassin's Creed. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call can't... it a basic Ubisoft game, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, something that I'm really intrigued about, and they mentioned it, I wish they went into it a bit more because I'm hoping it becomes a part of it, is you can inspire fear in your enemies. So I mm. think as your story progresses and as your sort of um, legend is told. It's like your honor people, rating. Yeah, people, people will grow to fear you. There's a really cool part when you're playing as a ghost and you take down a larger enemy, more bit more armor on him. You take him down... You throw a few um, the kunai, the throwing knives at him. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the next enemy, you turn around and the enemy drops his sword and he's on the ground and he's backing away from him. He looks terrified. That animation looks amazing. I'm hoping you can use that very much like Batman Arkham. You use fear mm. to just absolutely... That's what I was thinking, yeah. Do you think that'll like completely diffuse or do you think that'll come back later? They come back in a pack. <laughs> like you'll bound, bound together, That'd all the cool. feared ones. Nemesis that system. Would yeah, it'll come guy. up as a nemesis yeah. system later on. Yeah, using, <laughs> you. Oh, man, remember when the nemesis system came out and you just thought that every single game would use it because it's, it's amazing and then no game used it. And even the mm-hmm. sequel of Shadow of Mordor didn't really use it that well. Mm. That was disappointing. Anyway... I- <laughs> To, to go back to the Assassin's Creed comparisons, I actually felt the Assassin's Creed comparisons at, were at their strongest during the samurai combat encounter after your one-on-one battle when you walk in and then there's like three or four different people sort of attacking you at once. I feel like it's going to be kind of derivative of Assassin's Creed 2 where it's spam the counter button yeah, to win. Yeah, like a combo mm. kind of, I do a like combo kind of situation. So you can change your like stance that. to fight different enemies. So in the trailer, we see a stone stance and a water stance. Stone stance obviously seemed a bit more defensive. Um, you see he's, he's deflecting arrows more when he's in stone stance. And water is more agile, but Flowy. probably a little bit weaker. Like water. Um, yeah. Fluid. Flowing like water. Mm, uh, so fluid. I think we'll see a stone, a fire, a water. So I imagine fire would be... Probably an air. And maybe an air. I don't, I don't know what it would be. And then he can be the avatar. So, Great. Speaking of <laughs> and then the Fire Nation <laughs> attack. Oh. <laughs> there was a part the part this is like the most baffling part of this trailer for me was when he uses the bow and arrow and he shoots the guy and the dude goes fucking flying oh that was he looks funny. like he got hit by a van <laughs> now yeah. I, I mean you can use light and heavy arrows how heavy is this arrow I have to say he gets the sound pulled. effect that sound um, of the bow that thwack it's, it's really satisfying that was bad. Um, that the, was great. The bow and arrow that. combat mixed with um, how you move through the grass was very Horizon. I think this, this game, yeah, it is derivative of other games. It's it's a, the DNA of a bunch of... Um, Every other game is, though, yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> Every game, I think if you look games. at it through yeah, a certain lens, you is. can find stuff that is inspired from other games. Um, I mean... But, like Breath of the Wild, my favorite game of all time ever. You could say, oh, it's just kind of like another Ubisoft game. You've got a big open world. You've got towers. Go, exactly. go get the tower. Yeah. You could look at any game through that lens. But this is taking some of the DNA off a bunch of games that I really enjoy. And still, it makes them feel a little bit fresh. It puts a little bit of a spin. Or just maybe the way they put all these ingredients together. It could just be the setting as well. It just feels good. It, it's gelling together really well for me. Um it does it does feel a lot like me to kind of ugh. it feels a lot like an Assassin's Creed game if Ubisoft took on a lot of the lessons Breath of the Wild and Red Dead have taught us. Yeah. It feels I like that's kind of a step thing. forward. Yeah. I think that is a first. Not a huge step forward that we might be hoping for. Like it's not gonna reinvent the wheel, but I do feel like it's gonna put a nice end cap on this generation and where I, we've I was kind, say, what yeah. we've I kind of learned. Like of this gen. 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like... I like um, Yeah, I, I, I cannot disagree with you on that, actually. But I also want to, I guess, sort of put forward that, like, open world games have been around for forever, and the way that they have currently... They've been evolving in this generation in particular is interesting. And I feel like some of the best games of any given generation are the culmination of the lessons learned yep. of the previous or like of that mm-hmm. generation Plus, i mean like i think last of us was a prime example of that it is derivative of every survival horror looter where you craft stuff blah 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 you know if you break it down to those sort of facets like it can feel incredibly derivative if you break it down like that however yeah. i think as a complete package last of us was brilliant I know Keelan doesn't agree with me on that, but I think this game, I mean, one, it's the end of a generation. Why would you reinvent the wheel at this point? And mm-hmm. two, I think this game, it shows it's, um, inspiration, it wears inspiration on sleep. It's, it's an Akira Kurosawa open world game. They're fine with that. It's, it is just another open world game, but from, I don't, from I don't my perspective, that. um, I have played hundreds and hundreds of hours this generation of games exactly like Ghosts, and I'm tired of it. And so I think that's a perfectly it reasonable perspective. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, that's just me, and I'm sure other people feel that way too, but that's my perspective on it. Yeah, this has, I mean, the few people I have seen who didn't like this have had quite strong opinions not liking it. Mm-hmm. I'm just on the opposite, of, opposite side of it. Mm-hmm. Samurai! <laughs> Come on. I think one of one of my favorite comments that I've seen in regards to this though is that lots of people have been like, hmm, this seems more like Assassin's Creed than the most recent Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah, every, fair, when I think of Assassin's Creed, said, it's like number two. Um, yeah. to be fair yeah, to like, Valhalla, despite what um, Microsoft has said, we still haven't seen gameplay of it, so who knows? Yeah. Cup that. Yeah, well, I mean, cup that Phil Spencer. <laughs> God damn it, Milky Spencer, get back in the fridge. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Alright, let's get out of the fridge. Let's leave Phil in the fridge and we'll go out there. Um, move on to customization. So, Jin earns various um, XP points and stuff like that, and you can use it to upgrade yourself and your armor. You can um, get charms, they'll have different effects. I imagine it'll work a lot like how you put, like, you know, certain runes in your weapon and you get a sort of stat boost. It's 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 that. Thing, something that's going to be interesting is apparently your choice of armor will affect your gameplay. I think this could be the um, the fear aspect that they spoke about because you see a Menpo mask, which is a scary sort of looking samurai mask. You see that you can use one of them um, and they were used to inspire fear. So I'm hoping that, you know, you can use that, that it may detract from say your actual combat itself but you would it doesn't have very good like armor stats but it does visibility down yeah i I like that um i i i feel like the problem with that sort of customization though is that it needs to be balanced perfectly Mm -hmm. or else it just it it falls apart apart. because yeah like like, otherwise you just go oh cool this is the best armor in every single way cool i'm just gonna wear that rather with anything else i I I feel like when um when it kind of went through a whole bunch like obviously there are the there are outfits you have that has like the massive 
uh, wide-brimmed hats that wouldn't be good for the ghost kind of combat to it. But I'm, I'm mm. kind of hoping that it's not so black and white where it's like, oh, well, you obviously have to put on your ghost outfit or your your best suited ghost outfit for yeah. this one, and then switch yeah. back like in a second, like and but I also, do, it's like I don't want it to be segmented into outfit types for different missions, but I also yeah. don't want it Dress to be fears. this is the best outfit, the best stats. This is this is like um, the meta, I guess, <laughs> for Ghost of yeah, Tsushima. Well, yeah. That's fair. Like everyone that's has it. Here's how to get it the quickest, and that's how you play it the rest of the game. Like I don't want it to be that either. Yeah. And also, you need to have like a like. Did it say how to change? Outfits? Is it just in the menu, you or you have to it? go to like, mm-hmm. like a save point and do that? Because that would be the most frustrating thing: going to a save point to have to actually go change your outfit. You I'm just going to run around with a giant hat. I'm gonna just be like having my giant hat the whole time. To be honest, if that's I want it. a big hat. And- I, and just yeah. changing my play to make the giant hat fit into my ghost. Like- Is it cynical of me though to think? It's not going to be that deep. It's not going to be you can wear all these different things. I think it's very much going to be kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn, how you had different mm. outfits for Aloy, yeah. but kind of like there's a best one. You put the best one yeah. on. And like 100%. when you want to go stealth, you put on the stealth best but outfit. Then also, when you yeah. get good enough at the game, you're just like, okay, I don't need the best armor at all times. What's the best looking armor? Yeah. Um, I just want a cool and hat. The good thing in this one is you can pick flowers um, throughout the game. So you can pick bamboo. Oh, something mm. I really like. And I know Lauren really wants to talk about the horse. And we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but when you're riding uh-huh. the horse, oh you can pick up items while you're riding the horse. And that makes me really, really happy. Because oh yeah. I hate yeah, having to dismount, nice. pick me up and get back on your horse. Red Dead 2. Um, mm, just the you pick flowers and stuff and you can color your armor. I'm going to be green. And be How does that work in black and white mode though? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but actually very quickly, you raised a really good point that I wanted to bring up about Red Dead 2. Um, at, at, at the start, uh, of like the exploration you see him summon his horse and hey look it just appears I do not like Red Dead 2's version of alright cool you're going to summon your horse but you have to rate, you have to sit there and wait in real time for your horse to make its way over I like to you. that because you I shouldn't be that not. far away from your horse you should be a responsible pet owner okay the world is <laughs> dangerous <laughs> and when I lost my first horse in that game I almost cried so you need to take care of it and if it's far away from you, that's on you. You can wait, Simon. Okay. <laughs> no, because well, that because happened in Breath it's, of the Wild as well. Not not so much yeah, was, because that was there, a bit more instantaneous in Breath of the Wild. That was that was quicker. There was a lot more of I, like urgency. I guess I, guess I had a lot more you, of your horses too far to whistle <laughs> in Breath of the Wild than I didn't. Really. That's I, I true. Suppose yeah. I'd kind of like it if it took real time for your horse to come to you because if they're gonna I, like really like knuckle down on that concept of this trying to feel like a living world. And try to like contextualize everything from the wind and you being in touch with nature. I want there, I want like to have to keep my horse close by or to like you know think I f- of that before I go getaways. into an encampment. Yeah, I, I feel like there's that's, a bit of a hitch it to like, a tree nearby. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a perfect balance between that though because I feel like in Red Dead Two it was boring. Like you 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 call you summon your horse and you have to sit there and you have to wait for your horse to appear. Yeah, and like. Uh, what are you doing? You, you just sat there. You're waiting for a horse. And I agree. Like, yeah, a, a bit like when you skin an animal in Red Dead Two. You know, you have to wait for that whole yeah. animation to play out every single time. And if you're, you know, trying to earn some money, it just takes forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just it's boring. It that's reaches why you a point put your where- horse on top of the animal and then it cuts the animation. <laughs> I think it's a, it was quite thematic though in Red Dead because I mean, you're a cowboy. You you should be attached to your horse at all times. It should not be far from you. 
And I mean, that game went for ultra realism to its detriment uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ghost of Tsushima is going for ultra realism. It's going very much like inspired Stylized. by. So we may see some yeah. some yeah. Um, aspects of like your your horse is never going to be too far away from you, kind of like The Witcher. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Now, Lauren. Like, yeah. The horse. <laughs> you have words. I, I rewatched this trailer after you mentioned your complaints about the horse, and I don't yeah. see it. But then again, I've not really looked at as many video game horses as you have. <laughs> you make me sound like a horse girl, which I am. Uh, <laughs> Convenient. No, it, something that I something that I pick up with every single game that implements a horse as a transportation system because I grew up riding horses a lot. So I guess yeah, I, I was a horse girl at some point. Um, I think they called centaurs. No, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to talk about that. How dare you speak of that? Um, I guess. Don't talk to I guess, my son. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it kind of comes as a uh, knowing knowing how they feel, knowing how it feels to like ride a horse. I guess um, just kind of watching animations in different trailers and oh fuck, but the last podcast I was on would be like rolling their eyes because I talked about it so much. Um, <laughs> it's just I I know how that would feel to be riding that horse. <laughs> Right, the animations don't. The really animations line up don't line up. The they, they're heavy, more. they're clunky, they're ragdolly physics for these horse animations, which is just obviously Red Dead and Red Dead Two got it right because they, like you said, they are they were uber looking at it. They were looking at horse testicles. <laughs> they were looking That's at. True. I think we've all the, Google searched horse testicles. <laughs> yeah, okay, we have, <laughs> since Red Dead Two has come out, yeah, like they were researching that to the the upteenth measure because they needed to because the, this the cowboy was revol- it was revolving around mm. horses. So of course you have to. Whereas these other games like Assassin's Creed and Ghost of Tsushima and all that. It's a mode of transportation, like a car. It's a means to an end. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. So and I'm fine with that. It looks like a horse, which is totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. It looks like a horse. It runs like a horse. That's fine. But like, as soon as he got on that horse and it ran, I turned to Josh and I went, no, nah, it's not right. I mean, like, I can't stand <laughs> the horses in Odyssey and Origins. Like, it's They're literally clunky. you push a stick forward and it goes max speed. And it feels like it's designed just for you it's to like press that button to make it do a cinematic like, view and have it just follow the road. Yeah. When I think it's of not a game yeah. ancient Greece or ancient Egypt or ancient Japan, I don't think of horses. When mm. I think of cowboys, like, okay, you have to have you that horse horses. 110% yeah. right because that is so That's synonymous true. with it. I yeah. think to, like, the horse to Red Dead is what combat is to the samurai. Whenever yeah, I think yeah. of samurai, I think of that real cinematic. They've got to get, they get that right. Yeah, rather than the horse, right? You know, like, yeah, like mm. many moons ago when I was watching my ex play Assassin's Creed and just kind of being like, that looks awful, but the specific turning mechanism is perfect. <laughs> being like, I, I can I can imagine, yeah, it was just, that's just how my brain works in comparison to like, pick, like feeling, figuring out how that would feel to like, I guess it's kind of the same people being like, uh, what is it, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, the car physics, oh, too oh, heavy, cars feel like you bones. know, how you can feel that, how you can figure that out, that's me with horses, <laughs> with horses. I just imagine you writing a letter be like, dear Bojack so-called horseman, this is not realistic at all. <laughs> they do not how dare you? How dare they you? They do not wear sweaters, <laughs> alcoholic, exactly. it's not necessarily a trait. Alcohol to a horse. All right, well, speaking of, Brodeck Horseman, TV show, TV show, movies, mm. cinema, samurai mm-hmm. cinema. Got mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. 
Ghost of Tsushima has a samurai cinema mode. What is the point? You play the full game in grayscale, black and white, with a film grain over it. So it looks like an old Akira Kurosawa film, like the Seven Samurai sort of film. You can play with a full Japanese voiceover, and it it looks like you're playing a film. Um, I love this idea so much, especially after recently I watched the... um, the, what is it? Chrome and black and chrome version or whatever of Mad Max Fury Road. I love black and white, and just seeing the footage that they had of this game running in black and white, it looks. I. I oh god, I'm so there's, in love with it. There's a few things though that I have concerns about in regards to that feature. First of all, I, th- I think it looks awesome, but if this is your first time playing through the game. Are you going to get interrupted with tutorials? Are you going to be interrupted with button prompts? Are you going to have yes. all of this shit pop up on screen as you would a regular game? But in black and white. Or, <laughs> yeah. But if you're playing in samurai mode, like in, in the cinematic mode, yeah, would that not show up? No. Because I, think, I, feel like I don't think they thought up. that deeply about it. Yeah. It's pretty much just the same as having a filter in a Resident Evil yeah. game that makes it black and white. The only difference and something I think they really pushed hard on and... I think they explained it really well in the presentation was that nothing is color coded in this game. Mm, um, the only, the only thing that really relies on color are the pigments for your clothing, yep. the head, like, sorry, the hair dye, <laughs> the clothing <laughs> dye and stuff. Yeah. But you can get a like killer haircut at one point. I bet. <laughs> I only want to sweet fade with vibrant pink. Hair <laughs> or else, no, no behind the game. But, I mean, like other than that, everything um, from like the wind guiding your way or the animals or whatever is all done in a way so that people playing in black and white are not going to feel left out in any way, which I think is really like an awesome touch. And it, but mm. that is the only thing that elevates this game beyond just having an option to play with a black and white filter, which I think Dead Rising has. Like every game has that from the start. I think they had the idea of samurai cinema. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I very much feel like it wasn't just tacked on at the end. Like, um, you know, here's a photo mode filter. Oh, also the photo mode in this game looks really cool. You can have like particle effects. I'm a big photo mode fan in games and this one looks pretty ace. Sweet. Um, My favorite photo mode is Spider-Man on the PS4. Oh, by far. damn, that's good. I don't think damn, anything else good. has been mm. that good. Mm-hmm. That's my favourite I just like all photo modes. The one in Control is really good. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Yes, I get to mention Control. That's like 13 episodes in a row. I mentioned Control at some point. All right, guys, we've got a task for the next episode. Do not let Jesse mention Control. Oh, yeah, but what about the photo mode in Kingdom Hearts 3? Sora had a smartphone and you could do little poses. Cut his mic. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could also do that in Breath of the Wild as well, which I still think oh. is bonkers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Animal cussing, etc. Yeah. There we go. We've each, we've each we've talked each, about... We've covered bases. <laughs> Keelan, can you say the word doom? We already mentioned it earlier in the episode. Oh, okay, yeah, we did. Cool. Everyone, yeah, if you're true. playing at home, you've crossed off all your bingo spots. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's, pretty, that's a good uh, spot to wrap it up. So I think I'm probably the most excited about this game, but we do have a fair few opinions here. Um... It's game comes out in like two months or so, so I yeah. imagine we'll have yeah. a bit more to say, have a bit of a review for you. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm quite excited. I'm quite excited. I, think, I think it's got a lot of potential, mm. and that's what yeah. I'm excited about, is Absolutely. the potential that this has. I think mm-hmm. this has just been a good week for games. It this has. week has made me happy. There's been a lot of things that have come out, um, and I think we're just going to keep getting it, especially with that, what was it, Summer of Games? That's that it. Called? Yeah. yeah. I think we're just going to keep getting weeks of, of this, of just like... Cool drops. Every we're few also days. coming. 
we're coming into the E3 month as well. Oh, they're stretching soon. it out. I love oh, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's gonna we're gonna be getting I think a lot of our big reveals as we would as if E3 was still on. I mean, like I think Tony Hawk would have been my standout reveal from E3, and that 100%. being that kicking everything off like just sets the tone. Yeah, I I, yeah. I agree. That was such a perfect one to start it off with. Is this how yeah. E3 is going to be done every year from now on? Yep. I feel like that might be for the best. But mm. I think that that is for uh, another episode. I definitely want to have a bit of a... Um, Little tease. Ooh. Possibly an autopsy on E3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll kind of see. We'll a post-mortem. We'll, we'll, a, we'll see what happens. A bit of a state of play, if you will. <laughs> uh, fuck me. Let's be right. direct about this. <laughs> okay, so if you want to hear more um, just fuckery from us... <laughs> we are on Spotify and iTunes and a bunch of other podcasting services. Um, we're on Stitcher now and stuff like that. Um, go check us out. Subscribe. Leave us a review. They always help out. You can check out all fan critical podcasts on all good podcast services. Contact us at storymodevideogamepodcast at gmail.com. Give us a follow and a like over on Facebook and Twitter at storymodepod. At storymodepod. That's the one. Um, and also check us out on uh, Patreon. Check out fan critical on Patreon. You can get access to some extra shows um, and access to the Discord server run by Simon. Have a chat with Simon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. So thanks for joining. Uh, Keelan, have a good one. Thank you. Simon, have a good one. Thank you. Naren, have a good one. Thank you. And Josh, have a good Yeah, thanks, Josh. And to you, Jesse. And to you. I don't know what just happened to me at the end. <laughs> Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, the support's been really, really good. So, um, yeah, tell your friends about us. Be like, hey, I know there aren't many video game podcasts. I found one somehow. And spread the love to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll um, catch you guys next week. Little kiss. See you. Bye. 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 Pick up your board and hold it up like a sword.